On today's show, Kevin Porter Jr. traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder along with two second-round draft picks returning to the Houston Rockets for his second stint, Victor Oladipo and young prospect Jeremiah Robinson Earl grading the return package, plus rumored interest in some other players around the league. And finally, who gets cut from the Rockets roster? They're sitting at 16 current players. They need to get down to 15 before the end of preseason. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, Mike, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. No! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six, five. Four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. A lot to get to on today's episode. Kevin Porter Jr., traded we didn't know if it was going to happen it seemed like a pie in the sky hope to be able to find a trade partner for Kevin Porter Jr.'s contract because that's exactly what this trade was OKC is not trading for Kevin Porter Jr. the player their intentions as they immediately shared via their PR department are to waive him immediately upon completion of the trade So here's how it breaks down. The Rockets are trading Kevin Porter Jr. and a 2027 Minnesota Wolves second-round pick as well as a 2028 Milwaukee Bucks second-round pick to the OKC Thunder in exchange for Victor Oladipo and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Now, they also generate via this trade a $4.5 million traded player exception, so that TPE could come in handy a little bit further down the line. But let's just kind of unpack a little bit of this trade. And there's a lot of different angles we want to tackle this from. Um, I do want to spend a segment talking about Jeremiah Robinson Earl a little bit later on in the show, probably segment two. And then segment three, we're going to have to go over who gets cut from this Rockets roster because there are 16 players right now with NBA standard deals, uh, two of which uh, Boban Marjanovic and Aaron Holiday have non-guaranteed deals. So who are the guys, who is the one guy that's inevitably going to get cut from this roster before the end of training camp if, big if, they don't make another move, which they have a chance of doing? Honestly, not the worst return possible. It it sucks that you had to use a couple more second-round picks to offload Kevin Porter Jr. The whole situation is awful, and it's, you know, without revisiting too much, without digging up too much of the past, I'm just glad that the Rockets are able to move on, right? This was a gray cloud lingering over the team headed into the season, and now the KPJ era, the KPJ chapter in Houston Rockets history is officially over. We can close the book on that, and we can revisit you know, down the line, how things got mishandled along the way, the doubling down, all of that. But it's done. 
and we can officially kind of move on from it. Should we forget it? No. Can we move on from it? Yes. So looking at the available options out there, again, we went over a lot of different possibilities on this show, trying to figure out where you could trade Kevin Porter Jr. to a couple different times. We did a couple different shows about this, and ultimately, I kind of like this return. So first off, with Victor Oladipo, he's still uh, in rehab currently, so he's not playable right now. He had off-season knee surgery, so he's not playable currently, but you get the Victor Oladipo expiring salary uh, about roughly 9.5 mil, so just, just under $10 million. Not quite as beneficial as the $16 million expiring salary of Kevin Porter Jr., but you get that salary slot and you keep that salary slot alive. And as we've talked about before on the show, any Kevin Porter Jr. trade was going to be about keeping that salary slot alive moving forward and into the deadline so that if a big fish becomes available, you have enough salary to aggregate together to be able to go after the next disgruntled star this deadline if you you know, if that were the decision to be made. So they have that as still an option. Should they hold on to Victor Oladipo? Again, more on that later on when we figure out which player the Rockets are ultimately going to cut. Spoiler alert, I don't think it's going to be Victor Oladipo. Because, again, it feels very intentional that they went out and got a another expiring contract and somebody whose value is close enough, at least monetarily, to the KPJ contract that they can still, if they wanted to, they could pool together that player, Jeff Green, Jock Landale, Jay Shantate, all these expiring contracts, and get up to roughly, I think it's like 27-ish million dollars, if I'm not mistaken. 9.58. Jeff, is it like 9? Oh, sorry. It'd be like, it'd be it'd be slightly more north of like 30. Um, live math in the pod, always a terrible idea. Anyways, so that's part one of the trade. And then part two is Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who had a really successful rookie year with the OKC Thunder, then suffered a grade three ankle sprain and hasn't base, hasn't really been the same player since. We've got a breakdown on him coming up here when we do discuss him in our second segment, uh, courtesy of Locked on Thunder host Ryland Stiles, who gave us kind of the elevator pitch on JRE as a player and whether or not he could potentially you know, be a prospect that Houston wants to hold on to and, and take a significant look at. So we'll focus on that a little bit further down the line. I, I do like the pickups. I do like the structure of the trade. Uh, however, there were also some rumors that the Rockets had reported interest in three different players, Taylor Horton Tucker, Alec Burks, and Malcolm Brogdon. So Brogdon was one of the names that we brought up originally when looking at some of the different possible permutations of a Kevin Porter Jr. trade. Alec Burks, Taylor Horton Tucker, definitely not on my radar when we were first looking at names that made sense for the Rockets. I, I would be very hesitant to add Taylor Horton Tucker to this mix, another player who struggles to shoot the basketball, uh, especially on the contract that he's on. And then Alec Burks, I, I wouldn't mind Alec Burks, nice kind of combo guard, uh, you know, add another veteran piece to this team, although they're up to, you know, with the addition of Reggie Bullock, they're kind of up to not, I want to say the max of like veterans on this roster, but you're going to have to have some consolidation if you want to go make a trade for a guy like an Alec Burks. Um, again, they're up against the wall right now with 16 names on the roster when they need to cut it down to 15. So maybe there's another move coming down the pipeline for this Rockets team. They can still, even though, so the, the trade has been finalized between the Rockets and OKC Thunder. It happened very, very quickly. And that trade cannot be further extended into a three-way deal or anything like that. But what they can do is they can subsequently ship out Victor Oladipo to another team. As long as they don't aggregate him with another player, they could send him 
to the Pistons for Alec Burks, to uh, the Jazz for Taylor Horton Tucker, to the Celtics for Malcolm Brogdon. They can send they can send Victor Oladipo wherever they want uh, as long as they don't pair him with another salary. So there's that at least as a as a slight consideration. Also, is it not it's not Celtics anymore for Brogdon? What am I am I blanking on that? Right. Blazers? Where did where did Brogdon end up? Wherever Brogdon's sitting at. Blazers with the Dame trade. I'm I'm all all sorts of, you know, all over the place on that one. Um anyways, wherever wherever Malcolm Brogdon is right now, that's where they could send him. <laughs> so uh as it stands right now, they could, without aggregating another salary into Victor Oladipo, they could send him out and acquire yet another player. So the Rockets may not be done wheeling and dealing here before the start of the NBA regular season. Will they send out Victor Oladipo? Do they just want to hold on to him as a salary filler? All kind of TBD, but of course we'll have you covered for all of that and any further news right here at Locked on Rockets. But coming up, I do want to get into Jeremiah Robinson Earl, whether or not he could be a fit for this Houston Rockets team. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. If you haven't gotten your hands on a pair of bird dogs yet, you need to go check them out. And speaking of, I got my bird dogs in hand right here because I don't travel without my bird dogs. Uh, I I have to take them wherever I go now because the last trip that I went on, I did forget my bird dogs. I was mad because I couldn't wear them because they're so comfortable. They're amazing shorts. They are easily the best shorts that I have ever actually owned. And you can wear them for pretty much any occasion. Wear them out, you know, going out on a date night, just hanging out with friends. Wear them on a beach day, pool day. You can swim in them. They're very versatile. Uh, or just wear them when you're lounging around your hotel room in San Antonio waiting for Rockets shoot around and practice to take place during preseason. Seriously, very versatile shorts. Wear them for any occasion. They've got this soft, breathable mesh fabric that you know allows airflow, air circulation. Great for those humid Houston hot days, all that good stuff. Go check them out. Visit birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout, and they'll throw in a free Bird Dogs water bottle with every order that you make. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. I promise you that. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, as we navigate this, the rest of this Kevin Porter Jr. trade, I I do want to spend a segment here talking about Jeremiah Robinson Earl because he was a guy that really made a name for himself his rookie year with the OKC Thunder, uh, had some really strong performances, some really strong games. And I really did thought I think that he was going to be a guy that was going to be part of kind of the future of the OKC rebuild. Really versatile, six eight, six nine, kind of tweener, four five, you know, small ball five if you want to, a big strong four, whatever you want to call it. And for me, I like him as a potential project piece for the Houston Rockets. But but what better way to get to know JRE than to get a breakdown for my very own Locked On Thunder host Ryland Styles? So the Thunder traded up in the 2021 NBA draft to go get Jeremiah Robinson Earl out of Villanova. And this was a guy who some had in the first round, some had in the middle of the second. No real consensus on draft slot. However, there was a consensus on Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to be an NBA player and an NBA rotational player. And in that rookie season, things looked good for him. He he looked the part of a pro's pro. 
But in year two, he suffered a grade three ankle sprain that held him out for a significant amount of time early in October uh, on Halloween, actually, uh, against the Mavericks early in the season last year. And he just never was the same. Even whenever he played for the G League team, even whenever he played in summer league, he was never quite the same athlete. And so with Jeremiah Robinson Earl, when he's fully healthy, he can be someone who's a very switchable defender and who can stretch the floor. The problem for Jeremiah Robinson Earl will be A, recapturing that athletic ability that can allow him to switch, you know, around defensively and also becoming an actual three-point shooter. He's shown flashes of it. He shot 35%. He shot 36% in the corner. He's been good at shooting threes for big men's standards. However, as the NBA continues to evolve, you've got to find your niche. And there's no real niche for Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's not good in the mid-range. Uh, he's not even excellent at the rim. It's going to have to depend on how the pendulum swings for his three-point shot. That'll be what decides his NBA future. I think that if all goes right for Jerry, you're looking at a player who is an 82-game player and helps you in a pinch if you have injuries and also just helps you in certain matchups if you have a smaller team. He can really play with some pace, uh, and if he has that three-ball working, he can play with some pace and space as well. So with Jeremy Armstrong, you're looking at a rotational big man at best, uh, and you're hoping what he can provide you is just an innings eater, so to say. If you want to make a baseball comparison, an innings eater that can eat minutes, uh, he can wall up at the rim. He's obviously an undersized five, but he has great positional uh, intuitiveness defensively. So he knows where to be and he makes the right play. It's just that sometimes, uh, given his size, the right play gets scored on. So for Jeremiah Robinson Earl, it's going to be about that three-point shot more than anything else. If he can become a better three-point shooter, he can stick around in the NBA. I think he can give you serviceable minutes. I wouldn't expect anything more than that in Jeremiah's entire career. Even if all goes right, he would just be kind of that rotational big man. Okay, so a fantastic kind of elevator pitch breakdown from Ryland here on what Jeremiah Robinson Earl could bring to the table for the Houston Rockets and kind of some of the areas that he struggled in, at, you know, at least since that ankle injury. And it kind of seems like the two biggest question marks, right, are where is he at health-wise and then how is that three ball developing for him? Because for him to be effective offensively, if he's not going to be much of a mid-range guy and if he's not going to be much of an interior finisher, then he has to be able to be a stretch five to open up the rest of the offense for the other guy to do what they need to be able to do. Now, as it stands for the Rockets, they don't, I mean, they sort of have a stretch five in Jeff Green, right? Now, Jeff is, you know, good old Uncle Jeff. He's not really a five. He's basically a four or five now in today's NBA. For a long time in his career, he was like a three, four tweener, that kind of thing. So the Rockets kind of already have somebody in that role, but Jeff Green is not like a long-term solution for that position. And then when you look at Alperin Shingun and Jock Landale, yes, they are working with those guys. Ben Sullivan has been in the lab constantly with those guys, trying to work on their three-point shot, getting those guys to a place where they can be comfortable five-out floor spacers. But it seems like Jeremiah Robinson Earl is probably further ahead of the pack than either of those guys as far as you know, at least a semi-consistent three-point shot. So he shot 35% from three, his rookie year on three and a half attempts per game, and then slightly less volume and slightly, you know, worse percentage this past season, uh, about 33% on two and a half attempts per game this past year with the OKC Thunder. So that's better than the numbers from Al P or Jock Landale, not better than Jeff Green, uh, but better than those two centers, at least in the Rockets rotation currently. It's also just really tough when you look at the roster and you think that JRE could be the essentially the fifth center on this Houston Rockets roster because they have Alpi, they've got Jock Lando, they've got Jeff Green, they've got Boban Marjanovic, and potentially now 
Jeremiah Robinson Earl. That's five slots to commit to one position. That's kind of a lot. And the Rockets may be better served adding some additional depth, you know, maybe another kind of scoring wing or a scoring combo guard, something. Again, there were the reports and rumors about them wanting to go after maybe an Alec Burks or a Malcolm Brogdon. So maybe it doesn't make sense for them to hold on to JRE as that kind of, you know, four or five tweener prospect, but I do kind of like what he brings to the table, right? He's a low risk, high reward play. I do think for the fact that you had to give up two second round draft picks to offload Kevin Porter Jr. The fact that you were able to still get back an expiring salary in Victor Oladipo. So you didn't have to take back any bad money. That's already win number one. You didn't take back any bad money. You kept that salary slot alive with Victor Oladipo, but then you also get JRE who is an interesting prospect. Right? I do think that he has a place at the NBA level and that he could be a beneficial piece to this Houston Rockets team, especially when you look at the way that Ime Odoka loves switching defenses. Right, You look at Rob Williams, you look at so many of the pieces that Ime had in Boston, nice switchable bigs who can both guard on the interior but then also switch out to the perimeter and not be a liability when guarding smaller, quicker, faster players. And JRE fits that bill to a T. Right? It's one of the reasons that I thought Usman Garuba would have thrived in an Ime Odoka system, and one of the reasons that I was really kind of, you know, disheartened to see him leave, you know, by way of all those trades this past offseason, and it's one of the reasons that I'd be a little disappointed if they didn't hold on to JRE and give him a small chance this season, because I do think there are other directions that you can go as far as which guys need to be, you know, waving a certain guy, whatever, later on in the show, kind of, as we tabulate and figure out which name makes the most sense to remove from this Rockets roster in order to keep both Victor Oladipo, the salary slot, and JRE as a part of this team moving forward. Honestly, uh, could be a really interesting fit, but it's also really tough to see how he would get minutes in Houston because they do have LP already, and he's going to get anywhere from 28 to 32 minutes a night. They've got Jock Landale who they've committed to. They've got Jeff Green, who they want us to be able to get some run. They didn't bring in Jeff Green just to be the, you know, the old man, Dikemi Mutombo voice at the end of the bench for all the young guys. They didn't bring him in for that role, right? They brought him in to actually play. They like what he can do. They like what he brings to the table. So how do you find those minutes for JRE? How do you even find developmental minutes for him? Do you just keep him and maybe you give him some garbage time? Do you keep him and maybe see if he turns into something in practices? And maybe as he grows behind the scenes, then he's able to break into some rotation minutes that way. Uh, That's a possibility as well. But unfortunately, the Rockets don't have this endless amount of run time to be able to just roll out different lineups and, you know, see what guys can do. They have an expectation of winning. And if JRE isn't ready to contribute to winning right now, right away, then it's hard to envision how he actually carves out a spot on this Rockets roster. So maybe he's a project piece to keep behind the scenes. Maybe he's a piece that they can send down to the G League Vipers as he works on continuing to rehabilitate and get that ankle back to you know full strength. Although we already have a center who's struggling with an ankle rehabilitation currently in Jock Landale, so maybe they could be two peas in a pod together. Who knows? I like the idea of JRE on this Rockets roster as a potential piece for further down the line. Let me know what you think about the JRE acquisition. Let me know how you feel about the Kevin Porter trade in its totality in the YouTube comments. Give me your thoughts on this trade. But a very important decision has to be made for this Houston Rockets team in the not-so-distant future. They've got 16 standard NBA deals. They need to be down to 15 before the end of preseason Who is the guy who ultimately gets cut from this Rockets roster? We make our case in the final segment. It's all coming up here in just one moment. 
First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. All you got to do is wager 5 bucks. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. Right now, you can take a look at the outright betting favorites for Super Bowl 58, the San Francisco 49ers at plus 430 to win it all this year. The Kansas City Swifties at plus 500 right behind them the Eagles at plus 750 and then rounding out your top five you got the Buffalo Bills at plus 900 and the Dolphins at plus 1000 the app is so easy to use you got to check it out for for those odds and so many more odds it's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over unders and so much more so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get this NFL season going FanDuel official partner of the NFL and final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, we got to go through the unfortunate process of figuring out which player is most likely to get waived from this Houston Rockets roster. It's an unfortunate process because some of these names and some of these guys we've come to start to really enjoy, right? But there are, seem to be you know a handful of candidates that make the most sense for this to happen. Now, I will say that even though Reggie Bullock just had his own version of the Tony Snell game with two shot attempts and not a single recorded stat in 14 minutes of action, uh, he is safe from the uh, waiver talks, at least as it currently stands, because the Rockets were very intentional about going out and acquiring Reggie Bullock. I know that they they really believe he brings a lot to the table as a 3-and-D veteran piece. It wouldn't make sense to go out, sign him, play him for a couple preseason games, and then cut him immediately. That'd be a really messed up way to do business, and it would not look great for teams around the league, for future free agent decisions, all of that. So I think Reggie Bullock is pretty safe in this regard. They're not going to cut or waive any of the core six or any of the other veteran pieces that they added, so all those names are out. Basically, the starters and the second stringers are all pretty much safe. So that leads us down the pathway to a handful of names. Victor Oladipo, Boban Marjanovic, Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Aaron Holiday. Now, I will say that this segment comes with the caveat that the Rockets could save themselves from having to waive somebody if they conduct yet another trade before the preseason concludes. So that is a possibility. And keep in mind, even though they have even though they can't aggregate another salary with Victor Oladipo, they could very easily construct, say, two simultaneous trades with the same team. Like if they wanted to do Victor Oladipo for Alec Burks as a straight-up trade, and then on the side, if they wanted to include, say, you know, Aaron Holiday or something as a little side piece and then make it Aaron Holiday for, you know, a second-round draft pick or something like that, or Aaron Holiday for cash considerations. I don't know. They could find a way to finagle it to where they could get two players to the same team. They just won't be able to aggregate salary with Victor Oladipo to then bring back a more sizable contract. That At least they can't do it right now. They can further down the, down the line once uh, Victor Oladipo gets out of his what is it, 30-day, 60-day probation? There's a probationary period on the trade where they can't aggregate him with another salary. I'm not a CBA expert, but basically they've got certain parameters and they can't aggregate him at least within the time window that they have to get their roster from 16 players to 15 players. So they could conduct a trade to save themselves from having to waive somebody and lose somebody for absolutely nothing, but operating under the circumstances that the Rockets are light are 
probably likely not to commit yet another trade before preseason is over. Let's go through these names here. I think Victor Oladipo is likely the safest bet to stay on the roster because, again, it feels like the Rockets were very intentional in going out and acquiring a guy with another expiring salary, somebody who is at least within relative range of KPJ's salary structure as well. So unless they flip Victor Oladipo for one of those other names, Taylor Horton Tucker, Alec Burks, Malcolm Brogdon, unless they try to flip him for one of those guys here before preseason is over, I do not see Victor Oladipo as the guy who is going to be gone. They're going to hold on to him. He'll be the salary bait for a trade later on. And if anything, if nothing materializes, then they can trade him as an expiring contract at the deadline for potentially another veteran addition piece to this squad or just to a team that's looking for some salary cap relief and a way for them to recoup maybe an additional second-round draft pick or a couple seconds, uh, the, the same seconds that it cost them to offload Kevin Porter Jr. in the first place. So just kind of a revolving door of seconds with the Victor Oladipo contract. So there's that. Uh, JRE, interesting prospect. Again, had a strong rookie year with the Thunder and could be a very viable piece for Ime Odoka further down the line. He fits the timeline of this young Rockets team. But do they want to commit to having yet another young player on the roster? It seems like all the focus has been on the young core six of players for this Houston Rockets team. And at the end of the day, do they have enough runway to commit developmental time and reps behind that of Alperin Shingun, Jock Landale, and Jeff Green, their kind of three-headed dragon at the five spot? Do they have any minutes for JRE this season. Kind of tough to tell right now. Uh, it's hard to imagine where he gets the minutes, but maybe they're enticed enough by his chances, you know, chances as a prospect to hold on to him. So there's the case for JRE. Aaron Holiday, who just showcased his skills and the fact that he's not just uh, a spot, you know, catch and shoot spot up three point threat. Uh, that he can actually handle the basketball. That he can rebound at a high level. Now, granted, he was out there playing with the. RGV Vipers and Austin Spurs, but I do think that Aaron Holiday maybe has a place on this team as just kind of that insurance policy backup point guard, right? Fred Van Vliet's probably going to miss some games, probably going to rest some games this season. Jalen Green might miss some time. Amin Thompson might hit the rookie wall or, you know, suffer, you know, a light rookie injury or something later on. Having kind of that, that, you know, veteran backup guard depth is nice so that you don't wind up in a pinch further down the line. I like Aaron Holiday. I'd be very sad to see him go. And that leads me to Boban Marjanovic. And I will say, I have to preface this by saying that Boban is one of the nicest, coolest, most amazing human beings that you will ever have the chance to meet. Uh, he is a, a just an amazing individual. And he's a hell of a basketball player, too. Somebody at seven foot four that's that, you know, big of a human being, you wouldn't think to be so fluid and capable in and skilled in their basketball movements. There's a lot of seven footers that just look like lumbering brutes out there. And Boban is not that, right? Boban has actual skills for a seven foot four big man. Uh, however, there are, there are limitations when you do play him. Uh, offensively, you basically have to play through him when he's on the floor or play heavy pick and roll action with him. Defensively, you basically have to play his own when you've got Boban on the floor. There's very limited things that you can do on the basketball court with Boban. I know that they brought him back for the vibes. I know that he's an incredible locker room presence to have. That being said, he and Aaron Holiday are the two guys that are on non-guaranteed contracts right now, non-guaranteed structured deals. And if you want to hold on to JRE because you're you know, interested, he's a tantalizing prospect, whatever, and you think that he has a chance further down the line, Boban makes the most sense to be waived from this team. It's unfortunate. 
and I would love to be able to have the Rockets keep him around for the vibes. He is a great presence to have for these young guys, and he's going to be great to have around when they do th- go through some of their growing pains, their rough patches this season, because it's not all going to be sunshine and roses. It's not all going to be a 3-0 preseason. Um, they're going to hit some some rough spots at some point this season. They're going to have some, lo- some losses, maybe some long losing streaks, and having a guy like Boban around when you're dealing with some of that rough stuff can be really, really helpful. That said, from a basketball perspective, I think it makes the most sense if they don't make another trade before now and the start of the regular season to get down to 15 names on the roster. I think Boban makes the most sense. You remove him from the equation, you hold on to JRE as a prospect, and you call it a day. Now, if I had to wager on what I think happens, I think they probably just waive JRE. Even though I kind of hyped him up as a prospect, even though I'm very interested to see what he could bring to the table for this Rockets team, I find it hard to imagine that they would be able to carve out the rotation minutes for him at any point this season. And, you know, there are concerns about his ability to come back from that ankle injury. There's a reason that the OKC OKC Thunder decided to offload him right after a strong rookie year. He just hasn't been the same since that ankle injury. And maybe the Rockets you know, aren't as high on his potential or his potential to return to form after that injury than I am or, or some other people are. So we'll see what happens with this Rockets roster. Those are my thoughts on how they should handle the uh, 16, the 15-man roster crunch, I should say. Uh, and again, TBD on whether or not they commit another trade to actually get under or right at 15 names without having to waive somebody. So we'll keep you posted for all that and so much more. Due to some technical difficulties, courtesy of San Antonio Hotel Wi-Fi, uh, Alicom was unable to join us on this episode. So I do regret uh, him not being here to share some thoughts on this action as well. But with that, that's going to do it for this episode. Let me know your thoughts in the YouTube comments. Which player do you want to see? If, if the Rockets have to waive somebody, who do you want to see get waived off the roster if, the, if you want to see them make space for both Victor Oladipo and Jeremiah Robinson Earl? Let me know in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.